0: Hello everyone, you are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. I am Jordan Hall, and as always, I am joined by the wonderful Taryn Hatcher and the dynamic Joe Fordyce our Flyers pre and post game live producer. Joe, Taryn, the Flyers, another head scratching loss, or maybe it's not so head scratching anymore. Uh, we're starting to see more and more of these to the point where it's almost becoming expected or something that we really shouldn't be surprised by. A 6-4 loss to the Devils. The Devils had lost 10 straight games. Uh, So now the Flyers have lost to teams uh, with double-digit losing streaks twice. They lost to the Sabres at the end of March. They had lost 18 straight at that time, uh, and they beat the Flyers 6-1. And then the Devils, 10-game losing streak. They beat the Flyers 6-4. It feels like they're starting to play out the string. That's where it really feels like. We did see an NHL debut from Igor Zamola, so that was good to see. But, again, another loss that just kind of makes you think and wonder uh, as we near this offseason. Taryn Hatcher, what was your overall takeaway from that loss, the 6-4 loss to the Devils? Uh, And what was your takeaway from Igor Zamola?
1: Um, The loss was not surprising to me at all. They should have lost the game before on Sunday, to be quite honest with you. If it wasn't for 22 seconds of just Claude Giroux willing them to a win, they would have lost that game by two goals as well. Um, I, I mean, when it came to Igor Zamula, it, I, I thought it was a solid start for him. You know, th- the best thing I think you want to see from a rookie defenseman is just don't stand out in a bad way. And I think that was certainly the case for him. And so I, for that, I think it's a successful debut. I don't think anybody expected him to come out and blow the doors off as a guy who it was interesting because as I was doing more and more research on him, the, the verdict was very hot and cold. Like there wasn't anything overwhelming and that concerned me because I thought, you know, the last, quite frankly, the last player that was a defenseman that came up that had hot and cold reviews, who also was an undrafted guy was Phil Myers. And we've seen the high highs and low lows of Phil Myers, even within last night's game. And you just hope for a rookie player like that, especially when the team in front of him, isn't playing that well, that he doesn't get, um, you know, to impacted and get, you know, make one mistake and it feels like it festers. That's the last thing you wanted and that didn't happen. So for me, that was successful, um, which I think is probably saying a lot about where the Flyers are at right now. But, you know, it wasn't, the outcome of the game wasn't surprising. It's, I'm sure these players are defeated a little bit by the way the season has gone. And by the way, as you mentioned, like they are truly, it appears to be just playing out the string at this point. Um, And I think that's disappointing for fans because people had such high hopes coming into this season. Um, But I, quite frankly, I would like to see a few players just end on a better note here. There's a few guys I'd like to see get back on track here to end the season Carter Hart being one of them, I don't know how much we'll actually see him play going forward, but, it, you know, you just, I still want to see more, even if, uh, you know, the playoffs are so far out of reach because realistically, this, this team should be better than just being better than New Jersey and Buffalo, yeah. you know, and you want to see that. You want to walk away from the, the season feeling that way but then, as you mentioned, you look at it and Buffalo breaks an 18-game winless streak and the Devils break a 10-game winless streak um, against the Flyers and makes you wonder maybe they're not just better than de- the Devils in Buffalo. So <laughs> wasn't surprised. Still a little disappointed by it. You'd, I think we'd all hoped after the way last game ended and, and quite frankly how much Brian Elliott gave to the team on Sunday – that um that Tuesday's game would go better but I I also think this is more evidence that Brian Elliott is a very very good backup goalie who's not meant to take starting reps and I think that was on display last night too which I also don't think is that surprising so disappointing yes shocking not really
0: so true and I think what makes it somewhat disappointing even though we know they're out of the playoff race we know they are very much playing out the string and they're looking at guys us spectators we haven't seen we've seen consecutive wins only once since the start of March it was a two-game winning streak we remember it so that's we're now about two months with only one consecutive win segment in the uh for the Flyers and here you are, you you see four straight against the devils and you're thinking, okay, maybe we'll finally see a winning streak or just some positives strung together. And even though they're out of the race and stuff, like you still want to see that and it makes it more watchable and all that. And, And like here they have a golden opportunity to do it and they just fall flat. And that's what makes it frustrating. And you can say they're playing out the string all you want. Fans are all, we know Flyers fans and they are as passionate as they get. They are as rabid as they get. They're going to watch good or bad and they're going to be frustrated um, when it's bad, even if they're expecting it. And so the flyers need to care. They need to come out and play. Uh, You know, Elaine Vigneault cares, you know, he wants to win every single chance. They take the ice. Uh, The players need to care too uh, because the fans care and um, everyone knows where they are in the playoff race, but wins and losses still matter, no matter what, especially in this organization, Joe, what did you think of the game? What did you think of Igor Zamola?
2: Well, um, I thought Simula had a, a, a decent debut. Um, I mean, 19 minutes of ice time, you got to figure as a, 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 a fir, as your first NHL game, if you're getting 19 minutes, you're earning the 19. I'm sure the plan wasn't to play him 19 minutes no matter what. So I, I thought that was a positive, uh, as far as the game goes, um, We've, we've done a lot of talking like they should be this and they should be that. But after a while, when you see the same trends continue, you are what your record says you are, right? I mean, it sounds cliche, but it's... It, so, I just look at last night's game. So, Drew, again, ties the game. Myers, then Drew, they tie the game at three. And what happens? Connor Carrick walks around Phil Myers, who got caught out on the ice on a long shift. Connor Carrick, who, full disclosure... I had no idea who that player was before Sunday night. (laughs) So he walks around Phil Myers, like he was standing still, which he basically was caught out there at the end of a a shift and he scores a go-ahead goal. Then the flyers tie the game. And what happens? It wasn't even 30 seconds later, they give up another goal. This has been going on all season. They, they, they score And rather than, we've heard Scott say it and Al say it and almost ad nauseum, the most important shift is the shift after you score a goal. And all season long, the Flyers have been susceptible to giving up a goal on that very next shift. It's been going on all year. It doesn't matter who the opponent is. It's been happening all season. And it happened again last night. And that's why I say you are what your record says you are. Because you could be playing the Boston Bruins. Or you could, like, you're playing the New Jersey Devils. New New Jersey Devils, he gave up six goals. They've allowed six goals in a game to the Buffalo Sabres this year. You know, it's, after a while, you are what you are.
0: Yeah, they, they, they have five combined regulation losses against Buffalo and New Jersey. And I looked today, I knew they were giving up the second-to-most goals per game. I figured I'd check up on that. The Flyers are now giving up the most goals per game in the entire NHL. So we're 49 games in, Joe. Like you said, this team is who it is. And And another
2: interesting point to that, Jordan, is that the Devils' makeup is almost exclusively young players at this point. Um, They lead the league, I believe, in points from rookies this season. Yeah, they do. So, you know – I don't, I'm not saying the players on the Devils want it more than the players on the Flyers, but there's, it, maybe there's a little bit more of a carrot there for those players on the Devils because they are rookies and they don't know, like, oh, hey, we're out of it, so let's just put it in cruise control. That kind of doesn't happen with rookies and, and young players. And, I mean, we've seen guys like Jack Hughes, they're flying all over the ice last night. Um, we've seen Michael McCloud all over the ice in this series, of course, last night drilling Sean Couturier and then getting in a fight with Travis Sandheim. But that moment last night in the Flyers game was probably the best moment for the Flyers. And that's probably not a good thing. It's good to see a guy sticking up for a teammate, but you don't want that to be the highlight of your game against the New Jersey Devils. And last night it was.
0: Flyers talk is brought to you by great railing, stopping the great railing for the highest quality and lowest prices on all your railing decking and fencing needs. Yeah, as we know, the the Flyers are giving up the most goals per game in the NHL. Uh, They've been in dogfights with teams like the Sabres and Devils. Uh, They've given up four or more goals to those two teams uh, six times this season. So I I think we know the Flyers are flawed and they need serious help uh, to to rebound next season and get back to where they were in 2019-20. So, yes, do they need help outside? Of course. But, of course, the players in-house – Uh, have not taken the strides, have not done what they need to do to make the Flyers better as well. We've seen it across the board with the team's youth. We've seen some of their veterans um, take steps back uh, and not produce the way they have in the past. So let's get into one topic. Taryn, I'll start with you. If there's one player that really needs to take huge strides next season, really needs to rebound and be a lot better for the Flyers to be a lot better, better, excuse me. Uh, Who is that for you, Taryn? Harder. That's <laughs> a good one. That's, a, that's who I was Carter. thinking. harder
1: times a million. I mean, but there's a lot. Like, I was sitting here thinking about it as you were asking the question, and there's not really one player who I think has taken a step forward this year. No. Joel at <laughs> a point yeah. in time. Joel Faraby for a stretch. James Van Reemsteike for a stretch. But sure. – um, everyone's either stayed stagnant or taken a step backward. And I would argue that the team as a whole has taken uh, like each individual player on the entire team has taken a step backward, at least in some regard. Mm -hmm. Carter's got to be better though. Brian Elliott, like I said before, Brian Elliott clearly cannot be your starter. um, Not because he's not good enough when he's good. He's just, he's not built at this point in his career at 35 years old to make three starts in a week he's not and and I think because he played so well last season we forget about just how many like core muscle injuries he had and I think you start to flirt with that danger when you play him a lot more not that he's ever complained about it but um, at 36 things just break down a little bit differently and we were talking about it last night on the post game show because sometimes people when you talk about it Um, I think they think it's hard to be a goalie in that you're standing in front of pucks flying at your face, but the actual physicality of being a goalie, sitting in a squat, lunging, doing essentially straddles and splits and everything else, uh, and core workouts that most normal human beings can't do um, when it comes to like keeping your chest upright while you're squatting, stuff like that, it's hard. And it's not something that a 36-year-old really generally can do that often, that efficiently, especially Brian Elliott's not like a Vesna winner. So um, Carter needs to be better. He needs to be the starting goalie and he needs to be better. And the thing that's tough, and, and I know people will argue that you're making excuses or this, that, and the next thing, but at the beginning of the season, realistically, the Flyers were winning games they should not have won because the goaltending was there. That was why they won games early. They were getting outshot, like, by crazy, crazy percentages. And um, they weren't playing particularly well. And no one was looking really good at the beginning of the season. And Carter and Brian Elliott were winning them games. And then that stopped. And then all of the winnings stopped. I mean, everything seemed to fall apart at that point. So I think Carter has to be better. And and something that I've talked about a lot on the podcast, on pre- and post-game, it's something that Ian Perrier said to me that stuck with me. Is that an entire team plays differently when they have confidence in their goaltender behind them? It, it gives you a certain moxie that actually helps you play better defensively as well as in the offensive zone when you know that you have a goaltender who, not a goaltender who you're relying on bailing you out all the time, but you know if you play hard, essentially they are going to play hard and they are going to make a stop that allows you to continue to play hard when you're trying to overcompensate in the group project sometimes you don't succeed at your own part of the group project quite as well and he you know the one thing that he mentioned to me that's really deflating is he was like imagine if you worked so hard throughout a game you just worked your tail off all game long and then a goaltender who you don't have faith in lets, lets a leaky one trickle in and you lose the game by one goal, it's so demoralizing top to bottom. And that's not to place all the blame on Carter. It's, it's, this whole season's not his fault. Mm. But it is true. And um, it's something the Flyers played really well at home in front of him last year, in part because I think he played really well at home last year. And I think if he can get it back on track, it starts to solve. It's the beginning of solving other problems that actually don't have a ton to do with him. But Carter's, I mean, Carter's far and and away the guy for me. You could argue everyone though.
0: (laughs) Very true, Taryn. And yeah, the one guy you thought was going to be a constant for you, the one guy you didn't think would surprise you at all this season, Carter Hart, has arguably been the biggest surprise in a bad way for the Flyers. Um, and the Flyers are less in the NHL and save percentage. If, if they just climb a little higher, maybe like a little higher in the bottom third of that, of those teams, know, they could be in a different spot. Maybe they're in contention and, and, uh, and they have a chance, but they, d- they didn't get goaltending this year. And their, their franchise goalie has not been who they, they thought would be uh, this season. Joe Ford, who is it for you? If you had to pick someone, uh, is it Carter? Or is it someone else?
2: I'm going to say Travis Sandheim because, okay. um, you know, the, the crutch of being a young player to me has, has to go away uh, at a certain point. And I think we've reached that point with Sandheim. Um, we know he possesses all the skating skills in the world. Um, offensive instincts, we, we see it uh, in bursts. But the, the ability to be solid in his own end, I think that has to um, improve and kind of take shape this off season and show itself next season. If he's going to be a top four defenseman, which I believe, you know, where he was drafted and the organization has their eyes set on him being that, that has to start next season. Um, I'm not saying he needs to get away from his offensive game in any shape. It's just, there's gotta be more of a balance. Um, he's too skilled in areas that help him on both ends of the ice to see some of the lapses that we've seen. And I think he's got to take that leap and, and it has to be now. And I don't think that um, being a young guy or a a player of the future, I I think that, that has kind of taken its course at this point and he's got to step up and, and, establish himself as just that um next season so I'm gonna say Travis Sanheim's that guy um who do you think
0: I like both those picks I probably would have gone Carter Hart uh or a young defenseman I think you could argue Philip Myers needs to take major strides become the player that I think a lot of people think he can be uh so I'll take an audible and I'll go with Noam Patrick uh we know what he's went what he's went through uh what he's gone through Uh, He obviously went 650 days uh, without playing an NHL game going into the season opener this year after recovering from a migraine disorder. But here's a guy that you thought was really going to make them tough to play against down the middle. Uh, They envisioned having Sean Couturier, Kevin Hayes, Nolan Patrick, three big centers that really make you tough to play against. And here we are for you know 49 games in. Nolan Patrick's played 45 of them. He's got nine points. He's a minus 23. Um, and he's now playing fourth-line right winger currently. So I just think if Patrick can uh, start looking more and more like the guy that people are hoping for, I don't – you know, he doesn't need to be Sean Couturier overnight, but if he's, if he's a third-line center that's really making the Flyers uh, a nightmare to play against down the middle, I think the Flyers will really decrease their goals against. Um, I think they'll get better offensive production. Uh, I really think they could get more out of Nolan Patrick. Uh, We know his situation. He's a restricted free agent after this year. So we'll see what kind of deal he gets or what his future is in Philadelphia. But I'm sure it's being questioned by many people. I'm sure there's doubt within the organization about Nolan Patrick's future. It's just natural when you you see what has happened with him over the last two seasons. So I'll say Nolan Patrick. Another big question. We know what they can do in-house, what guys need to improve. But what, Taryn, in your mind – is the biggest area of concern going into the offseason, maybe an area that the Flyers really need to address uh, in the offseason? Uh, Everything? There's
1: a, lot. <laughs> there's a lot. I mean, it still stands out to me as, like, a top, a top D-pair guy for Provorov. Um, he's another one of those players where I think his game has taken a step back as a result of um, – increased responsibility being placed upon him and then it's at certain points it feels like sole responsibility being placed upon him to kind of be everywhere and play a million minutes defensively and uh we I thought that really worked to his detriment in 2018-2019 too and it happened again this season it would have been great to see you know him and Shane find their groove together it looked like it they might have at certain points but then um you know obviously that took a left turn um but I still think they need, I I mean, quite frankly, and it's kind of like, I feel like a unicorn find, but they need a big physical veteran defenseman that can play on the top D pair. And I know every team in the league would love that, but I just think this D core is very young and um, not young to the point that they shouldn't know better, but they are young. And Matt Niskanen clearly added a lot in terms of like, that experience and that veteran leadership. And I don't think it puts all the weight on Ivan Provorov to play like an Iron Man and also come in and be some kind of emotional leader at, you know, in his early twenties. Uh, so I think they need a veteran guy. And I also would like to see, I mean, I know we saw Sandheim drop the gloves the other night, but I would love, I would love to see just a physical defenseman, that can play on the top D pair. Again, like I said, I know it's like it's a unicorn. Everyone would love one, but you know, somebody who's a little bit more stay at home that allows Proveroff to get more involved and who punishes people because that's been the criticism of them all year is that the Flyers don't have really any punishers. I know that they are a a rare breed around the league at this point, but it is so massive to have one And to have to see poor Oscar Lindblom drop gloves earlier this season or Travis Sanheim last night, that's not really his thing. You know, you want to, you, I think you want to have a guy that's just physically threatening as well as a veteran leader that allows Travis or excuse me, that allows um, Ivan to go contribute offensively as well and can handle things at home a little bit more. Uh, Cause I think that would solve a lot of their decor issues. I think that the stability in pairs last season was huge to them. And uh, if you do that, I think you could put Sandheim and Myers back together. I know they struggled at times this season, but I think if there's more defensive structure from top to bottom, they figure it out, to be honest with you. And then maybe like a Hague and a Braun on the third pair. And and that worked for them last season. Proby niski Sandheim Myers, you know, um, but well, other than that, I mean, they're I feel like their depth scoring has dropped off mm-hmm. in the, since March, but everything's dropped off since March. They need to that and the the under the radar thing that concerns me and I brought it up on pregame yesterday. Brian Elliott does not have to re-sign here in the offseason, and that's scary to me. He's an unrestricted free agent after this season. And I wonder if he really wants to say stay given how everything went this year, I'd be interested to see how that goes. I know he has kids and a family in the area and a lot of players who come play here, love to stay here. So maybe that's a saving grace, but if you're Brian Elliott, do you, do you think this is the right situation for you at 36 going on 37? I don't know that he does. I've no, I literally have no information on it, but it is something that concerns me because then you have to go find yourself a backup goalie as well. Like you're going to have, Alex Lyon, backup Carter Hart next year? I just don't, I don't know. I, I'm sneaky concerned about the backup goaltending situation.
0: No, that, that, that one seems like it's kind of um, down the line or down the chart, but it is a big one, uh, no less. So, But, yeah, uh, Flyers, obviously, I know we say top pair defensemen, but when you're a team in the Flyers' position, you have gaping holes, and that's that's a gaping hole that needs to be addressed if you want to get back to where you want to get to next season. So top pair defensemen is a really good one. Joe, how about you? What, do you, what do you? what is an area that really concerns you?
2: I really don't know that you can choose one other than top pair defenseman. That, yeah. that has to be the priority. Um, the defensive breakdowns we've seen this season are um, just quite frankly not acceptable. Um, Egregious is a is, uh, egregious. Yes.
1: The
2: word that I like. Um, so I don't, I don't, I think you has to begin and end there. I don't know that they'll be m- able to make any inroads in this area without moving a big contract though. So I, I think that Chuck Fletcher has his work cut out for him because you don't just go, um, okay, we're going to go out and get a top defenseman because a teams aren't letting those guys go. Alex Petrangelo last off season aside um, and B you need cap space and a good amount of it. Um, so where, where is that coming from? It has to come from unloading a big contract and, you know, whether that be via the expansion draft with Seattle or working out some sort of trade and where you, uh, you know, you take on a big part of the salary, for a, a, a guy like Voracek, um, I you know, you, you, you're going to have to do that. It's yeah, just plain you, and simple.
0: Yeah, you think about it. Uh, in the offseason, Chuck Fletcher mentioned, like you, you don't just find a Matt Niskanen out there. Like they're not just hanging on trees. And um, they didn't, they weren't really in position to add one unless they made a major move. And I don't think he wanted to make a major move yet. The team was coming off a really good season, and I think he wanted to see it through, see where they could go by replacing Matt in by committee. And I know that's an ugly thing to say by committee, but um, I think they liked what they had in-house. They liked their youth. They thought if, if a lot of guys could take strides, eat up the responsibilities, they could still be in a good spot without having to make a major move. What happens, the season plays out and it doesn't play out the way they thought or wanted or anyone wanted. Uh, they have serious holes. And now they realize, yeah, if they want to get a top pair defenseman to shore things up, it's going to have to be a big decision because like you said, Joe, flat cat, all of that stuff, um, it's just not going to come easily. And maybe the Flyers do need to make a really tough decision in the offseason. Don't you think, Taryn?
1: Well, yeah, and I was going to say the, the thing when it comes to Matt Niskanen that's still super underrated is that when that trade was made, people were unhappy because they thought Matt Niskanen was cooked. Like Matt Niskanen was a happy surprise. People thought he was never going to be the type of player that he was um, before. And that's why you were able to trade Radko Gudis and some picks for Matt Niskanen. Like it, that, if, if he was the player he turned out to be for the Flyers, he probably would not have been on the market. That was a very happy surprise. And so you wonder if maybe Chuck Fletcher has it in him again to find some, I think maybe that was his thought with, with Gustafson too, was like, maybe this guy will be a happy surprise. We saw what he did two years ago. Maybe he can regain that form. Clearly that experiment as he acknowledged did not work. Um, but yeah, the, the, they just don't sit. They're just not out on the market. Teams re-sign them for big money. And right now there is no wallet space for big money. It's just the, the cap. The dead cap kills it and like you both said it's it's gonna probably be a matter of moving a big contract and I know people scream Jake Voracek from the top of the mountains but the reality situation is no team in the league is taking on that contract either so it's not really that simple like
2: Um, unless you're paying some of it yeah yeah some of it then yeah
1: but even then, like, let's say you agree to pay $4 million of his $8 million, which is an absurd number to pay. It's almost as much as you're paying Scott Lawton to be on your team. Another team has to pick up $4 million, And I don't really know – like, I don't know how that's beneficial. Like, I just don't understand how – what you're going to get back for that or how it's beneficial for you, I, why another team would see it as beneficial unless Chuck Fletcher has, you know – some charisma and persuasion skills that are of a cult leader. I really don't understand. So,
0: or, or maybe the Flyers. We talk so much about their prospect pool. You can only play so many prospects and so many kids. Only so many of them pan out. Maybe they have to part ways with a really good prospect too to get, you know, a vet. A, not I I don't want to say veteran because people might be like, oh, but, aging what, but what
1: prospect would garner a top, a top pair defenseman? Realistically, what? Morgan Frost I don't I don't Morgan think you, comes mind I think that, guy still has a ton of upside I don't think,
0: and um I don't
1: think you're gonna get rid of like a top a top even like a top two deep yeah. hair defenseman for Morgan Frost. I just don't he's not proven enough like if I, I'm not a GM but if I was and Chuck Fletcher came to me and said hey I'll give you you know Morgan Frost and then even throw in some kind of depth Piece like a nico bay cubel if you give me i don't even know pick any teams one of their top two defensemen i think every single team is just like no disrespect but that's it because those kinds of defensemen are so rare to find and i think it's almost easier to develop them and try to keep them than it is to find Mm -hmm. them and get them at this point Mm -hmm. it's like trying to buy a house right now you can't unless you Mm -hmm. want to pay fifty thousand dollars over asking you're not going to get a house right now
0: Big decisions in the offseason, but we still got games to play and games to watch, games to evaluate. Hopefully we see some more kids, possibly a Cam York NHL debut soon. Uh, we've seen now, what, four NHL debuts in April. Um, so maybe we'll see some more. Uh, we hope so. Uh, but still plenty to do, plenty to watch. Uh, and the Flyers have two more games against the Devils this week. We know they're on Thursday and Saturday, both on NBC Sports Philadelphia. You can catch Taryn Hatcher on pregame Live. The shows will – be produced of course by joe fordice taryn hatcher thank you so much always great chatting with you joe fordice thank you so much great chatting with you a special thank you to ben barry our podcast producer thank you and flyers fans as always thank you for listening to the latest flyers talk podcast presented by great railing wherever you get your podcast please rate and subscribe and we cannot wait to talk to you next time